Hi, this is Tom Murray, Mad Day Out photographer, listening to the Fab Four Free For All. And welcome to another edition of the Fab Four Free For All. I am your moderator, the Mitch Axelrod, and joining me is the... Rob Leonard. And the... Tony Truguardo. And the reason we are talking about the or the, whichever way you want to say it, is because today we are going to be reviewing the brand new 50th anniversary super deluxe edition of The Abbey Road. Now, right now you're saying The Abbey Road? What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> it's the one and only The yeah. Abbey Road. And we say that because if you uh, have bought the super deluxe version, you're going to get the book, which the word is key today, because for some reason, the book shows the abbey road i've never heard anybody call it the abbey road so i emailed the people over at at the uk and i was told that it was not an error like most of you are saying on our page uh, it wasn't an error it was uh, not a misprint and it wasn't bad proofreading it was done on purpose that's all i'm going to say i'm not going to say why but when someone wants something someone gets something and someone over there wanted something, and it's the Abbey Road. The Abbey Road. Yes. And if we look that up, maybe we will see there were a bunch of churches on this road, and it was called the Abbey Road. I don't know. Oh, we're going on down to the Abbey Road, going to be recording the new album for the Beatles. For the sorry, oh, who yes. would that be? I don't know. It's the Beatles Magic <laughs> Leprechaun. I don't know. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> but it is just bizarre, though. The whole that, that now it would surface. 50 years later. Right. You would have thought that Abbey someone Road. would have referenced that, whether Paul, George, John, Ringo, Lewison, <laughs> Lewison yeah. who's doing the Hornsby Road, you know, right. Hornsby Road presentation, which is still going the on until Hornsby the end of... The Hornsby Road, that's Hornsby. kind of a fun... <laughs> Bruce Hornsby. Bruce Hornsby. Yeah. No, I don't think so. That's a different... <laughs> would have been a member of the Beatles had he been 20 years older. No, but you're right. All of a sudden, you open the book, and it's a beautiful book, by the way. It is. Kevin Howlett did an amazing job on, on the research. There's just stuff in here that you didn't know, and I didn't know, and Rob didn't know, and Tony didn't know. But I knew it. No, no you I, didn't. I didn't, but, really. But they do, don't they? Oh, yes, they do. Oh, don't they? But when I saw The Abbey Road, and then everybody started saying on our page, I can't believe the first thing they do is screwed up. And it's like, no. Based so, on the back cover, they could have called it Abbey Road. Mm. Yeah, so people now are going to have to go to the back cover and look why. Mm. But I said it should have been called Abbey Road Nass. Now, a little pictogram for those yeah, of you who if, remember concentration. <laughs> if you now, and we're all are old enough probably for concentration. Although, what? I've What'd lost you say? some of mine. <laughs> yeah. Wow, it's Jack Norris. Exactly. Jack it's Norris. like the old joke, you know, with the orange juice staring at it because it said concentrate. <laughs> nice. Um, so. If you look at the back cover, you'll see why we say mm, and and Ness. And by the way, who is that girl? Yeah, <laughs> we should Marlo yeah. Thomas. We should find out. <laughs> nice. But it's weird. Again, very weird that it's the first thing you see is the Abbey Road. And I'm I'm very happy that they didn't put it on the spine of the super deluxe. Yeah. Because the laminated housing slipcase is also just really amazing. And, and I love and, it. And by the way, it, it says anniversary edition on yes. the side. But if you actually have the CD in certain the CD machines, it says 50th anniversary on the uh, on the title. The text. On the yeah. text. Yeah, yeah, so it's like, okay. Yeah. But yeah. it's so weird because a few years ago, 
a bunch of years ago when I was dealing with Apple, and I'm not saying that to say, oh, Mr. Apple, big deal. You don't want to know how I dealt with Apple. But you had an Apple farm right out uh, in the east oh, end of I, Long Island. I had an Apple Sorry. farm, yeah. When I was dealing with Apple, they had talked about they don't like to celebrate anniversaries. We right, all know right, that right. because it makes the Beatles appear old. And now all of a sudden, I guess with the new regime, they're celebrating all these anniversaries. And this one, I'm trying to think. The other two boxes, I don't think it's, say anniversary. I'm not sure either. I don't have that I in front of me. I don't think it does. It, I could be wrong, and if I am, well, you know. Well, part of this also has to do with copyright laws. If they don't release it within their own thing, some of the stuff could go into public Yeah, but they domain. don't have to state anniversary on no, it. No, no, that's As long true. as you're releasing it right. within a certain you know, you know, year. Well, I think the idea is you, can, you put the term anniversary on there, but you avoid putting 50th. Oh, that's is the true. Way to do it. You know, oh, anniversary is fine. But very, it, very good point. Yeah, but it yeah. doesn't it doesn't date it to a yeah, specific. Because yeah. you know, ten years from now, you know, it's like band on the run, the twenty fifth anniversary edition. Now it's twenty right. years later. It's forty five yeah, right. years. It's amazing. That's so. why with Paul, I mean, he's not doing anniversaries. It's the archive editions. Right. Had they had the Beatles followed suit with that and done Abbey Road, the archive edition, again, it's the idea that you avoid. Dating right, and, and that's and, and at that point, you know, that's a good point too, Tony. Because if they would have done that, they could put out whatever they want, whenever, whenever they, they want. want. Yeah, you know, they could put out yeah. "Meet the Beatles" or "With the Beatles" slash "Meet the Beatles" in any year. It doesn't have to be; it could just be an archive edition. But the, you know, and what maybe they, they'll do that from but now. They have been following. Say, maybe that's what. We'll maybe see. they're not putting it on there, but they have been doing a lot of anniversaries you know 2014 they did the 50th anniversary of the american releases right starting with meet the beatles and they did have 50 on that i believe like i, th I thought on their well, website in, somewhere it had the word the, the yeah well 50. had five zero is right. part of the website i'm not sure if it was part of the whole thing though right i, I think I it was think part of the website weren't there stickers i think there yeah were, there were stickers there were too stickers. yeah it was the decade in 60 in 74 when they right. capital records did the first decade because everything was still on capital 84 the they did uh, those the RIA, the Recording Industry Association of America, put out special plaques uh, for each single. Right. And instead of having a hologram or, or the silkscreened RIA symbol, mm. it said 20 years of Beatles. You know, so right. they did celebrate anniversaries back then, but 20 doesn't sound half as bad as, or a half and a quarter, whatever, as bad as 50. You know, once you say 50, well, 50 you know, the yeah, Beatles were 20. Yeah, it, 50, it gets, is, 50 is the, the cutoff line on many celebrations because after 50 a lot of times the original people oh, not aren't around. there right. you know, it's like with World War II I remember when they hit the 50th anniversary of the end of it or the beginning of it you know a lot of those soldiers were yeah. starting really starting to die off faster well did Ron Nasty's wife invent that she invented World <laughs> yes, War II yes yeah, she did <laughs> And all right, so anyway, the <laughs> her father invented World War II. <laughs> well, that was it. Her father invented World, <laughs> World War Two. So you know this box, and we've talked about this before, not specifically, but aside from the, the podcast, we've all discussed it. What's going to happen with Abbey Road? Because wow. Abbey Road was recorded in eight track, and how much could they really improve upon it? And also, it was uh, wasn't a tube board anymore as a transistor board correct so that's why i think the, the sound is so brighter to begin with right um there's the a different album. sound yeah yeah the original album sounds great yeah it does uh and very warm the vinyl sounds really good still yeah so oh yeah now we're thinking okay and when we were at the listening event they said it you know they started this project late because even they were like well what can we do with this that's going to make it that much better and i think to a point i 
think they were correct. I love that they did it because we should have it. But this box is not as exciting. And I don't mean the content. In a bad way. I know what yeah, you're I don't saying. mean it in a bad way. I love I love this box. Right. I mean, I'm going to listen to it a lot. I happen to like the mix. But it's not as exciting because there's 40 songs in all. That's it. Only four non-LP songs. So you're getting a lot of repeats. Two songs were just George Martin's orchestrations. Right. 17 original songs. Right. All of a sudden, it's... It's not much left. It's not much left. So. Right. So the other boxes... Uh, while they had a they had a ton of other stuff, and yep. even some of the session stuff was so exciting. Part of the thing is is that Sgt. Pepper had to be everything had to be sort of taken off and then put back together because right. of the way they kept bouncing the the, the music onto right. different tapes. And the White right. Album had part of that too. Right. But this doesn't. Right. And plus, the Beatles didn't have a lot of outtakes, so to speak. I mean, well, you know, songs that. They could have put on here that right. They, it's not like yeah. an Escher demos, right? right. Yeah, not but at all. You hit on an interesting point though, too, Rob, because the fact that they didn't have to deconstruct those tapes, yeah, they didn't have to do anything. Also allowed them to go in at the last minute, like you said, that they were still deciding what to do, right? And just purely from uh, how much work we have ahead of us involved, they really could have made the snap decision after they heard that. Giles could do something with it right. that was unique and then say, all right, you know what? We are going to be on with this project because you didn't have to do that deconstruction of tapes like you did with, with Pepper. Pepper Pepper's, so, took a long yeah, time. Pepper's yeah. the reason that the other two have happened so far and you know, let it be next year or, and if they ever go back to other things because the way that happened, because Pepper is so, so great sounding. This didn't need much of a difference. Yeah, and if you I, I, last night I abed the whole album, and th- there's a little more brightness on certain songs, and there's a couple others that are not. Are, I'm not sure what happened to, them. but most of it's the same. Yeah, there's not a lot of difference. It's, it does sound. I, I will say overall, and and we'll get into each track, but overall it does sound. I'm not going to say brighter, but fresher. That's all. Yes. Fresher, yes, I agree if you want to say fresher. Fresher is a good word. Uh, I don't think it, it needed mm-hmm. brightening. I don't think it needed too much here. Maybe a little polishing because some of it got a little dirty, you know? I, I, it's interesting. So I just, I mean, I'm going to go back and, and uh, you know, I've listened to it a couple of times so far and enjoy it. I mean, we'll we'll talk, you know, we'll go quickly track by track, I guess, yeah. but... There are times when I feel as though as though the most interesting things that happened on it were when you took out some of the brightness that was a little okay. overbright. But overall, I I don't find as much life in this version uh, as I, li- I did in the original. Because I, I, it's very close to the original. That's why I don't, don't think, think so. so? Really, I, I, I think, think it, I, was... I think the well, we'll go through track. Yeah, by we'll track, go through it. I, I just think that there are issues where the sound is sort of is sort of flattened. Which, in a couple of instances, which I'll talk about, really complement what's going on. But in other areas, I feel as though to make it a more uniform mix, which I understand why one would do that, why you'd want to maybe make this sound more like Fountains of Wayne, who sounded like the Beatles, you know, <laughs> and you'd want to do a more two, you know, 2019 mix, why you'd, you'd sort of bring the vocals down a little, you'd round it out a little bit, you'd create a distinction but you but there's still times that i feel like volume wise stuff was reined back in this production that i just don't 
don't enjoy okay. as much. Okay, it so just let takes me ask away you. And we're just talking about the original album, enjoyment. right? Yeah. Not just the so, original album. All right, so yeah. let me ask you a question. Overall, and then we'll get into each one. Overall, if you were 19 years old, never heard Abbey Road before, would you enjoy this mix? I'm not saying you enjoyed the songs. If you liked what you heard, would you think this sounds like a 2019 album? In terms of mix and production. I think I would say that probably the music that I listen to most out there from, from young groups that are making music in 2019 produce their work more closely to, to the original Beatles okay. mixes than something like this. Okay. Did I, I find that this, this version sounds somewhat more like an R.E.M. record. You know, you can always hear Michael Stipe's voice. I mean, in the, not, uh, not the early, early records where you didn't know what the hell he was saying because he had three different vocals going right, at the right, same right. time. But it just sounds more like the vocals are just in the mix. And maybe it's because I'm a vocalist and a lyricist, and to me it's sort of like I just I want to hear... And again, there are a few exceptions. Right. I mean, Jesus Christ, here comes the sun. Your head, your head explodes when the voice comes in. It's the most gorgeous thing in the world. But on others, I feel like the voices are in the mix. Okay. Instead blended of, beautifully. Right. I understand. But not sitting on top of the mix. Where maybe they should where be. Maybe the way the I, original the was. The way the original was, which to me, it was kind of, and all due respect to Giles, like I said, it's a creative choice. It's not better, worse, just creative choice. Okay. But I feel like it's different than where I would have put it, probably. I sort of agree, and I sort of disagree. I think, like, on I Want You, She's So Heavy. Well, we'll get into it. I know that, but but that's that was the one that hit me. But to me... The, and that I'll comment about. That's a specific, yeah. yeah. But to me, the mix is, isn't bad. But I think part of it is it's an eight-track recording. It's not a four-track. There's something where if it's already sounded pretty damn good to begin with, yeah, what are you going to do to it? Well, you could you could that's afford, the difference. Giles had the the luxury in a positive way to be able to pull back on the, on the sheer volume of certain things while still having serious distinction and clarity. Right. Because you had eight tracks to work with. Right. So right. he could he could create a new mix and not have you go I mean, you guys don't feel this way, but not have no, me go you... you can't hear the voices. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. You know, no, you you can. You can. It's there, and it's and it's sharp, and it's clear. It's, it's just not where I would have put right. them. Is I, where I, I'm I, had, I didn't have any major problems with the, the mix of the original stuff, but uh, it, it makes me think that how necessary was the remix. Right. Now, I haven't heard the 5.1. I've heard people who've heard it, and they, and they we, loved it. Right. Full disclosure, we're not going to talk about the Atmos and the 5.1. No, no right. but the 5.1. Because most people don't have it. Right, so. but the... My friends who heard it love, yes, and the Atmos too. people have said is amazing. And, and we heard the Atmos, we heard some, some of it at the uh, listening at the event. event and it, was, and it was mind blowing. Yeah, because from what we heard, it's, it's like you want to go get that system. And I will say this: don't get me wrong. Hearing the 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 mixes, the album mixes, other than one track that I even mentioned in our show, but hearing the mixes during the listening party on a twenty five thousand yeah, dollars system, correct? I thought, wow, this sounds freaking amazing, and it right. was the same mixes. But to your earlier point, though, Mitch, you're right, and it's a great question. I don't know whether because I can't inhabit the the 19 year old young listener right. hearing this for the first time. I don't know. I mean, that really might be the case. As a young person hearing this on whatever means they're hearing it, probably delivery a computer system, or or their phone. Yeah, 
this may be a, a more acceptable mix. This and, may be a more enjoyable and mix. And also for full disclosure, I will tell you that I listened on headphones, not on a phone, but from a CD player into my headphones. Yeah. And also, I have to tell you that Abbey Road is not my favorite album. At, by any means, it's not even in the top three for the Beatles. Oh, really? Yeah. But wow. that doesn't mean I hate it. I right, mean, right. the Beatles had great albums. So, you know, ranking Beatle albums is very tough. Mm. I will say this is not my favorite. But didn't take away from the beauty of what's here or not here. So let's talk about the songs. Come Together is first. Overall, my impressions, there's a little more echo on the voice, it mm-hmm. seems like. Yeah. The, the bass is up front. You know, let's say, you know, right now, folks, the bass and the drums are everywhere because two people are still living and it's the rhythm section. No, it's true. All right. George is not here to say, put my guitar up. Could you turn the guitar up a little? Exactly. You know, and John can't even say, turn me up on George's song because he's not there. there. Um, But anyway, this, it seems like there's a double tracking on the got to be good looking part that's really more prevalent that i haven't heard before yeah that's always been there but yeah you're right it is a little more more prevalent i know it's been the fade is obviously different with different vocals i like this i like the way it starts off i think overall i think it sounds a little more dimensional i think that's part of what you're saying about the overall feel but it's the distribution of instruments is a little weird there's almost a swirling feeling at the beginning of it it's, I it's think they're trying to do what with the loose sur- in the sky, where they're trying to pan. Yeah, it. It, there's a little bit of a yeah, surrealness, mono, mono t- stereo type of thing. Well, yeah, that you're you know. playing with stereo, but I, I think um, it loses some of the power of the rhythm guitar in the verses, and then brings it in really heavy in the chorus. Yes, it does, which is kind of cool. It's it's almost like a instead of it just always being there and always that same, you kind of stifle it a little during the verse. And when the chorus comes in, that dirty rhythm guitars in there the vocals again a little lower in volume definitely uh, the background vocal Paul yeah is not heard as much. not at not as much no, at I, all. I, I thought it was pretty much there but not, no it's there but it's but you not. don't want paul over dom- dominating yeah the, but the original had him higher i believe and you don't hear the vocal into those weird vocal interjections at the end of the guitar solo there are some little vocal noises well, on the original in the original you don't hear those hit, ah you know, he, you don't hear that. Like, no. it's not there. It's almost, well, that means at the end. Yeah, at the yeah, very yeah, end. That, that's well, the reversed. It's like they had another vocalist and let's yes. do this one. And well, everyone knows the, the whole thing with well, John at the, the end. that's the thing, though. You're supposed to be hearing, ah. But he, it seemed like the, he had a second vocal track and just reversed it. Well, they yes. Yeah. It, yeah, right. Which it's is cool. on a remix you sort of want, you know. A, but do you? Well, you know. I, I did. I like it. I didn't mind it. It makes the fade seem longer. It does. The fade seems it's much longer. One and a half does. second longer. It is. All right. <laughs> no, I, I was watching doing it last night. I was Dr. Robert. <laughs> it was 420 and 57 frames and 419 yeah. and 20 frames or something like that. So there's less moaning. So it's a yeah. different it's a yeah. different, right, it's feel a different at, the at the end it's a different feel. Yeah. But again, by the time you're at the end, it's okay. Right. But it does, we always say ingrained in the brain, if you're singing it and you expect certain things, it's not there. But we all know this is a remix, so right. you want to actually hear different. I know I did. I, I was yes. kind of you don't want disappointed to just be... by the right. lack of, like with Pepper, you heard different things. Well, there's stuff here. Oh, no, oh, whoa. There are a lot of things here that you, we'll get to it. So the next song we yeah. know is something. I, I I can't say how much I love this song, the way they remixed it. I do love it. The drums, everybody keeps saying the drums are so powerful in this. 
I don't think they're as powerful as I don't think says. so either. For I some definitely reason, don't everybody think says, so. oh my God, Ringo coming in and going, blah, 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 blah. To me, it's just like the normal one. It doesn't seem any more powerful. I, and again, it strikes me as though like it's a quieter vocal during the verses. It's still it's still really potent. I think Paul's bass is actually blended a little better than the 2009 oh, see, I version. The, I said the bump bass until at the I, end. I, I the thought, end. I thought Paul's bass was pushed just at, a little bit higher. See, yeah. I, at the end, I think like once you get to like the last third of the song, Paul's bass takes a bump up. Well, he gets pretty more melodic at the end. Yeah, well, yeah. His, his, it's one of his great and, bass And players. that's when I think it seems like it's definitely brought up by like 20%. Yeah, because you have um, to hear more of it. The really. orchestra is brought up a little yes. more. And there's nuances during the you're asking me part, you know, the, the plinks little and the stuff like heard, that. Little licks I wrote. Yep, that's that exactly I it. Never now, I got heard. a question for you on that, and I'm going to jump ahead. Hearing the something backing track, Yeah, I notice now... I noticed little things in the regular mix that I sort of oh, I'll agree with you, yeah. Maybe yes. ignored or didn't think about until Be- I heard the backing track. Like when you said the plinking thing, I'm thinking of the instrumental track, and I'm like, yeah, you never is- heard it. Plink, plink, plink. Yeah. It's when he there. Goes, asking me, it's plink, there, plink. but yeah. it, it's in the mix. It's much more in the mix, and now you hear it much. And I think John, I don't want to say better, but different. John is on this, but isn't he playing like a piano a little bit that they've. If I'm not mistaken, you have the book. Yeah, the, uh, well, yeah. I they, believe it, he's on it. I think you hear a little more of it. Yeah, no, he's on it. We're going to jump ahead, but yeah, he's on it. Well, no, but something, but, I mean, I think if what I'm alluding to is that they maybe bumped up his part a little bit so it doesn't seem like he's not on it, <laughs> you know, because normally, you, you know, he's not on any George stuff. Well, so. I don't think they would have done it for that reason. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, maybe not. I don't think it's that. If it was a sonic choice. John Piano. Yeah, piano, that's okay. what I was saying. So, anyway, what do you think, Rob? I liked it. Like I said, when I heard the just the orchestration, that's when I started to listen back. And I'm like, okay, I'm hearing the little things that I didn't pick up on or didn't think about, I guess. Yeah, I'm glad they the gave years. us the orchestration later. So then if you go back and listen to the remix, it does give you a different appreciation. Yeah, yeah. right. So let's get to the elephant in the room which is always the elephant in every room, Maxwell Silverhammer. I am stating for the record on this show that I do not hate this song as much as everybody in the world hates oh, this song. That's it. I'm out of here. Are Take care. Take care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fred Flintstone leaving. <laughs> I just, to me, the bass is up in the mix, and and I know we've talked about it offline, Tony, but... This mix makes the song a little more devious to me. I don't know why. It's less poppy, and I can't understand why John and George hated it unless they just hated the fact that they were made to do it a yes. hundred times. I'll tell you, that's exactly, exactly, exactly it. I'll jump ahead for a little bit. Only it's pertinent to what you're saying right now. Sure. All right, as the mix goes for me, I think the vocal's a little bit lower, and then I wrote in my notes, do we see a trend here? The synthesizer's totally at the forefront during the little bit after the chorus. Right. Which is interesting. To me, what I wrote was, this mix somehow takes away whatever little balls the song actually has. I don't think so. From a a musical standpoint, I thought. Like you said, maybe it creates more of a sinister feel. It does to me. Which is cool. If you listen to the lyrics, Um, most people don't. They just say, Joan... But like the Maxwell... This is a really Edgar Allan Poe. It's a serial killer song. Exactly. And Manson got inspired by Helter Skelter? Really? Like, really? (laughs) You know, I would have thought, well, this wasn't out yet. Yeah, there you go. Can you imagine what would have happened if he heard this? Wow. Wow, thanks, Paul. 
hole. <laughs> he really <laughs> hole. Puts this on a record after anyway. Whatever. Well, but, no, uh, but, but that's a good point though. But, unfortunately, I shouldn't say unfortunately. Fortunately, whatever. The lyrics are with a very poppy song. Very poppy. Right? Yeah, of but course. If you, but course. if this had music like "I Want You," she's so heavy. Yeah. And he's singing about Sting had written it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or if Ray Davies. Right. Had written <laughs> oh my goodness! It would have sounded exactly the same if Ray Davies wrote the musical song. I don't think it would have been. It would have been a musical bouncy. murder song. But if it would have, you know, give me he's a bouncy scene. The you know? musical. No, but if oh, he is. You're right. You know who would have done a good version? Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper Jones. I think was <laughs> no, bang bang. I mean, I, imagine. I this still thing. like Sting. No, but <laughs> <laughs> you're watching the new Sunny Killer. You know what's the deal with this song Killer, is? If, if, you know, they didn't put anything from the the Get Back, Let It Be stuff on. But how many times did they record this during the Get Back session? And then they come and do it here. They do it a lot here, and and John complained about it most. That's, that's true. That's the other thing. That's the other thing. That's really funny. Not but, even there, and he hated it. And like I also said, like you know, Maxwell must go free. Those lines are louder than Paul's lead vocal. That's it's almost true. like that's... if you were, you know, remember when we were young, we learned about concave and convex. Yes, yes. It's yes. almost as though like no. the original mixes were convex, and the new ones are concave. Like Maybe. there's a certain like on certain pfft, songs. On like that push that in. Ver- at that point, the backy vocals are higher. Yeah, but anyway, where I was going was it? You hear on the outtake set you hear maxwell silverhammer take what 12 i think okay now here's the deal yes listen to track 12 other than paul different farting around with the with the vocal and not even sounding like he has the third verse totally finished yet right the song sounds exactly the same as it does on the released record twice you've cursed in in a half hour it's a beep anyway (laughs) but the truth is it's not that much different. It's not. So this song is not that difficult as Beatles songs go. First of all, in the outtake, take 12, mm-hmm. soon as there's like a, there's a little bit of a glitch, it should have broken down. Right. The, the take should have just broken down. So what gets me is why force them through the whole rest of the take? I know. If they really had to do, what did they have to do? Like 90 takes of this or something ridiculous? I don't know. Really, so, but the point was, why make them, dude, Paul, you got a perfect take in there somewhere. Right. You know what? We can't really kill him because... No, but... What about not guilty? You're there's right. There's 107. And, there's and not probably, a good take in and there. And probably 60 of them sound the same. Exactly. And, you know, like I like I always say, I go back and I listen to Elvis Presley do like 20 takes or something, and he does a take, and the producer, Felton Jarvis, says to him, take that sounds great, yeah. King. And he goes, no, it's not. I missed this, 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 and right. this. And, you know and then goes back and does it perfectly. And I know Paul's a perfectionist, but I don't, I don't know. We've got pretty damn good ears. And I'm listening to Take 12, oh. and I'm like, you're on the way, dude. Right. You, it couldn't have taken you if another... If anybody should have ex- been pissed, it should have been Ringo, because he's directing Ringo how to yeah. play drums. Yeah, which was which was fine. <laughs> which fine. No, he's just is. talking to him about... Well, no, there were, there were, sound, in, there were right, some the good entrance. bits in there. there you know, there were right. some bad bits in there, too, but there were some good bits in there. Right. Well, actually, he's not talking to Ringo. I, I, I think know. he's no, talking to himself Yeah, right, to himself. But yes, you're right. But... I still don't understand the hate for this, other than the fact that they were just so disinterested that they. And again, John's not even on it. But you know what, John sounds like he's on the backing vocals. You know, yes, it does sound. It's not listed here. It, 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 it sounds, sounds like John. It sounds like him so much. And, yeah. 
And John, you know what? John liked doing background vocals like that. So who knows? Yeah. And then, of course, you know, John specifically mentioned this song and that tape that went floating around. Yeah. It's yeah. been around actually yeah. for a while, but the boardroom tape. Yeah, recently resurfaced. <laughs> my, my favorite of that is, you know, why didn't you give that to somebody else like yeah. Mary? Mary yes, Mary Hopkins doing <laughs> Bang Bang Maxwell Silver and the Game Down. Yes, the Welsh oh. murderers. But but what did Paul say? He goes, well, I like that song. Yeah, I know. So. No, I, I actually says I liked that song. Yeah. I think he says in the board well, tape. Because yeah, so. then he goes on to say how, oh, and then John says to him, you're bringing us songs you didn't even like and making us do that, you know. But anyway, I anyway. liked it at the time, he yeah, says. Well, I liked I think, it at the time. Yeah. It's, right. it's not a bad song. I agree with you, Mitch. To Understand me, the hate. My only wish on this remix, we all know it, it starts off with a little instrumental, yes. and then yeah. it goes into the song. No, I, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. It starts off cold. Starts no, I know that, but I think the original idea <laughs> was, yes. oh, right. yeah, yeah, you have that opening, and then they sort of cut it off. I like the open. I think oh, that I think, I think no. it helps the song set it no, up. No, I like the. See, actually, I, I, like I don't. Jones I don't. I, like, I think I like that's the, one of the problems. It jumps right in. Like, no, I that. love that. Actually, I think yeah. that, especially helps after it. something, it, may, it might not have been the right place to put it. Ah, well, sequencing. sequencing. No. No, that, that could be because you get one of the great Trying love songs and then you hear the next song about a guy with an anvil, you know? Yeah. Well, that <laughs> well, was the diversity Howell. of the Beatles. I mean, come on. Yeah. All right, so the next song, Oh Darling. Yeah, Oh Darling, I mean, come on. It, it's oh. got to be one of the best Beatles songs around. Oh. This is the one, one of the instances where I think this version just absolutely just knocked my socks off. This version just blew me away. What I got to with this, and maybe this is something about the 19-year-old listening, this turned Oh Darling into a piano blues. There's some of the shrillness that was in the drum work on the original is gone. How can drums be shrill? There's a shrillness in the cymbals a little bit. There's a, There was a little bit of, of sibilance, a little in oh, there, I thought. They were a little hot, I thought. Okay. The backing vocals, holy crap, sound amazing. Oh, Darling, now to me, sounds like a great blues record rather than the Beatles are doing a blues song. Ooh. The <laughs> instrument blend is totally amazing. Definitely my favorite thing on side one. Somehow, Macca's voice being brought down a little bit volume-wise makes it sound a little more like he's straining, which actually contributes to the blues aspect of the tune. You know, I, when you I'll, hear his I'll voice up really loud, you're like, oh, yeah, there it is. It's, it's Paul's. When you hear it a little more subdued, you know, a little more brought down in the mix, him punching that vocal out, you're like, yeah, baby, do it. You well, know, it just, sounds like he's trying to get above the mix. And yes. He, he can't because yes. of the way it's mixed. You look at it, it's like, oh, he's trying, he's trying, he's yeah, trying. Yeah, he's pushing through Where that. Where we've heard bootlegs of, of the song and his vocal is like 20, Way up. 20 yeah. miles high. Yeah. So that's a good point. The one thing I learned from the book is obviously George is on bass. Yeah. And we talked about this. George's bass. Playing his ass off. Yes. But that's the point I want to make about something. George always complained that Paul was so busy on something. Right. And George's bass playing on this song is so busy. Well, it's you're talking about a soft, sweet ballad, like a something. Yes, but. Versus but, rock jamming out on a blues tune. But he's still busy. You know? Oh, And yeah. he complained about busy. Paul, but you know what? He did it himself. Was he copying Paul? Oh, I'm just saying. It's well, a- you know, the funny thing about George playing bass is he's, he's not bad. No, he's you not know, bad. Considering... Well, he plays bass on She Said, She Said. Right, and that's very good, but 
he really didn't play bass other until this album. Really. No, and then you hear John playing bass, and they had to wipe it all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but but think about it. You know, go back to when Stuart Sutcliffe left. We all know Paul wanted to be the guitar player, and somehow he had to be the bass player because well, we all know he also somehow ended up being the guitar player too. Yeah, that's many things. <laughs> and the drummer. But, but think about it. If if let's say they said, "Well, George, you're the youngest guy here. You're the bass player now," because no one wants to be the bass player. You know, and then George, you know, George ends up being the bass player, and, and Paul's the to. guitar player. Now, this album, we get a lot of George playing the bass. I really think well because it's John very wasn't good. there and for some of it, and yeah. there's Paul playing his piano right. and his lead guitar, and and John when he was there. Did Paul just go, lead. oh, oops, forgot to play bass. Uh, George, uh, do you want? I to forgot learn my it? bass at home, George. Why don't you play? <laughs> oh, I, don't I want... forgot my bass at home. Wait, but why but, don't you walk? Uh, why uh, you walk uh, home? It's only five feet away. Oh, you know what? I, no. But Paul, I need, you're I, the bass player. I, I need one that's strong, lefty. Oh, damn, damn it, oh, Mr. Martin. Sorry, do we have George. one? Oh no, no. We don't. Oh, all right, oh, damn it. Guess what, George? But, but it, to me, I mean, George didn't play a lot of bass. I don't think after this, maybe. I don't not think he, I know of. No, but, I, he, but not his on bass is very good. I'm very yeah, impressed with it. With listen, his I, I think on this song, it's kick ass. So I, anyway. too. I mean, one thing about Oh Darling that just got me a little bit. Sure. I thought the guitars were a little bit louder. Yes. And I thought the the oohs yes. were very well placed. Oh, yeah, yeah, love yeah. it. It's, yeah, it's love up it. in the mix, so, yeah. which they were... A little low before, yep. so now it resonates with you mm. because you don't, you didn't really think about the background vocals. You're so enthralled by Paul doing his great blues vocal, yeah, and now you get to appreciate both. Yeah, yeah I have, I have the backing vocals in all capital letters. Yeah, the yeah. backing vocals are really well placed yeah. and wisely brought up it to a good level. Right. Well, speaking of backing vocals, we're going to talk about the next song, Octopus's Garden. I just always think about uh, the movie, uh, what was it called, um, the Dewey Cox song, Walk Hard, the yeah. Dewey Cox, well, I've got a song about an octopus, <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, oh good, um, but background vocals on this are really brought up, uh, but the vocal is brought down, so I know Tony, you had a... a My comment is, I, I think that for some reason, it sounds like everything else in the album is recorded on an 8-track shiny brand new transistors blah blah blah, blah. um oh, hey richie did you have a type deck in the car could you just record your vocal in there <laughs> like it just for some reason his voice sounds like it's it's almost underwater like not to be funny right no but I, but see, ringo's voice that. is just it's, it's lower a, it's a, a weaker vocal track in terms of its gumph it's it's punch than other tracks on the album, and, and not because it's Ringo, not at all. But no, the song is great. But it, yeah, but it's it's lost as opposed to some some different mixes. The instruments are up a bit too high. I'm I'm struggling to hear nuance in Ringo's voice. Um, well, his do you thumping, want to? <laughs> his thumping during the break is is lost. His drum thumping, which I love during the the break, is not there as much, and mm. some of the snap of the drumming is compromised. So again. This doesn't sound like Octopus's Garden always sound like a, a good rock song. That they, yes, that they made poppy. This doesn't sound as rock and roll. No, as the original. Mix. This you want to something funny. This sounds like a single mix. This sounds like it could. It should have been a single. Like, this is a single mix. This would have been good on the car radio. That is a good this point. This mix. That's a good point. I noticed that I thought the guitar solo, I thought it sounded lower. Yeah. And even the background vocals, I thought were just a little bit lower than 
Yeah. What you were saying. I th- I think uh, you look at it, it's like, you're right. It does sound like a, a radio I'm actually, mix. I'm actually glad that we got the session take of it, though. Yeah. Oh, because God, just yeah. like something, now I hear, and I'm not sure, I'd have to go back and listen, and, I, and we didn't. But now I'm hearing George's little licks on, every oh, time yeah. George, uh, Paul, uh, Ringo sings. And I want to go back and listen to the original and see if they're all in there. They're not. They're not. No. Okay, good. That's what not. I was thinking. Yeah. Because I was like, wait, I've never no. heard these. Yeah, they're not. And I wish they were. Yeah. Well, maybe it would have been a little too busy. Well, that's maybe one well of the right. things about this record, too, is George's fills are often after an end of a line. Yeah. yeah. And I'm, I always think this album, you know, I think of Hey Jude, where Paul said, I don't want those fills after yeah. each line. Yeah, no one had copied. But on this album... Most of the fills are after each line for George. And, and it's also Ringo's song on that one, yeah. so Paul can't say what to do. And, and also, Paul, I mean, George came in and you know started writing it with him, too. But here's the other thing. I want to jump into the next song, and I know Tony has a lot to say about this, but I want to follow with what you just said about Octopus's Garden where it's, and George's fills. The next song is I Want You, She's So Heavy. Right. And in the book, when you read the book, it says... You know, George says in an interview, John did this great song, and John actually does the lead guitar, and he mirrors what he's singing. Right. Which is what George always wanted to do with Paul, and Paul said, nope. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess John would have just said, you know, screw you, well, I always I'm thought doing that, it. I thought that line matched that John was singing the actual to the actual notes he was playing. Well, he, he is. He's mirroring yeah, yeah. exactly right. the notes he's yeah. singing. I yeah, want you, boom, boom, boom. But no, I don't mean that. While he's singing. While he's singing. He's matching. Yeah. He's matching. Correct. But that's John doing that. Yeah. Not George. So, but anyway, I mean. Which so, is really interesting because that's a very Zappa thing to do. Zappa always did the matching the vocal to the. Like, you know, would match his vocal to his guitar. But anyway. Sorry. No, but so let's talk about uh, I Want You, She's So Heavy. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Don't get me started. Well, get me started. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get wow, you started. Open, the opening guitar cuts like a knife. I friggin' love it. More, again, this is, and it's funny, I had written this before we talked a little bit last night. I wrote much more sinister. Um, again, this mix makes it sound like a cool British or, or late 60s American blues band coming in to do a song. Um, there's little good, subtle guitar work under the second verse that I never heard before. A few of John's lead bits for me were kind of unnoticed in the original mix. Especially the in the beginning, when you in, in yes. when it comes in with the down, 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 and you hear, well, 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 you know, it's yeah. like, th- there's differences there. I mean, oh, yeah. It's there's, almost, I was like... There's little tiny noises you hear in this mix. Well, yes. even in the, would... well, in the beginning, when it first starts, that opening underlying guitar that comes in is just, it sounds... Different. I mean, even though it's the same, maybe because it's more up in the mix, yeah. it's, it sounds great. I loved well, it. I said they sound, for better or for worse, like other bands from the era, but they're still the Beatles, so they still do it better. I said, let's face it, this will beat the hell out of anything on Super Session. You know, I mean, <laughs> one of the Macca bass runs during this is just mind-blowing. He does something during that, you know, when he's doing all those... Um, there's a voice in the back after John's scream that I never yes. noticed before. Yep. Um, the white noise you notice it in this version, and I don't know if it's a different mix of the white noise, but the white noise in the, of every other version seems to come in a little bit more gradually. This one comes in really gradually. Then there's like a jump 
Yeah. All of a sudden, you're like, oh, white noise is there. But and I hear Billy. But it's cool. I hear Billy right. Preston more in this mix. Yeah, the keyboards. Yeah. Billy's keyboards yes. are much more Definitely. noticeable. Definitely. Until the white noise starts. Yes. But, then it uh, gets lowered. Uh, right. And, but, and, but that's the way it should be. But I didn't yeah. notice. You want to know something? When Sirius XM first started, I Want You was every, the, every 10 songs they play, I Want You. And I would click it off because it's not my favorite song. And also, it's long, and you and you feel driving. You know, oh, thank you. Well, it's yeah. repetitive. Yes, exactly. But in a good way. But when I heard this version, right. I don't mind if they play this one. Yes. For some reason, because yeah. this one sounds different to me. This sounds ballsier. Yes. And oh, I yeah. like this version. I won't mind listening for six minutes or however long it is. Yeah. When they go into the break in the middle, the swing that like swing break in the in that center. Yeah. I mean it. Yeah. That song it it takes off. It what really I, takes. Off. I mean, it always did, but you know, this on, just on some of the releases they've been like, you know, instrumental versions. They take away the vocals. Yeah, this is a song I wish they'd done that too because there's so much with the guitars in this. There, I mean, think about it. this is George and John just going repetitive. This, yeah, this hypnotic guitar riff, and they just keep doing. Why it. has Neil doing... Young never covered this? <laughs> Sorry. That's, a, that's a very good because it's a very it. tough song to cover. No, but and this, make but, it good. But, but crazy this, horse. This is made for made crazy, for crazy horse. horse. Yes, but I mean, a day in the life he does. Yeah, he doesn't do all. this. He did yeah. imagine okay. too. Yeah. But can you? I mean, any band trying to do this? I mean, other than you know, um, the Flaming Lips. I mean, you know, he could. Do <laughs> well, it. and I thought, I thought, isn't this one of the ones that um. No, I'm sorry. They were doing. She said. She said. I thought right. this was one of the ones that the Lennon, Lennon, uh, Claypool, were doing. But probably. No. But, but no, no. I don't no, think no, it was. I want that. you know. No. But but this is just a a, a, a song where the, the the remix is very good on it. There's a there's a couple. They, they took out the overmodulation on John's scream. But I'm thinking a little that, bit. I think maybe that's done in 2009. But, you know, I'm not sure. But they, and also, remember, there's an overmodulation. Yes. Yeah, that was done on purpose. That was taken out in 2009. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. So. Yeah, that was not on purpose. And when you hear the the session version where the white noise is not there, you know, it's just Billy going crazy and it fades, or, you know, it, now you can understand. It's kind of cool that they just cut this off now. Yeah. yeah. You know, it, it, can you imagine this song just fading? It wouldn't have the same it effect. It didn't have the same effect because. It's not hypnotic, right? And you don't have the white noise going the, and raising. Yeah. The, the only end. way you could have, the only other conceivable ending to this song would have been a natural halt. Correct. Down, down, like down. Boom. No, down, down, down. Yeah, right. that's it. That would have been the only way you could have on done the it. Was correct there, note. On the correct note. Here, here, if you're, it, it just. Well, if you're again 1969, can you imagine you're no stoned yep. and you're listening and it's like, oh, and you're like, this is so cool, and all of a sudden it keeps going, all of a sudden. Oh, my buzz just got killed. Yeah. Because well, it just stopped. Well, think about it. Remember, the sides were supposed to be originally reversed. This right. was supposed to be the ending. Yeah. Right. So right. that would have been actually kind yeah. of cool. And then wasn't the idea, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought I remember reading somewhere. Sorry, Beatle fans, who I cannot come up with a citation for, the librarian <laughs> says. Um, <laughs> but but wasn't there a situation where it was it was the never-ending album because of the note starts? Down, 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 and you could you could actually just keep flipping it. I imagine it's very nice. Go, they don't tell you. I gotta get a belly full of wine. They gotta make a mind. And and just each side started where the there was like abrupt stop. No, I thought I remembered reading that somewhere. That I thought someone tried to say that that was 
something that could be done with it. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah, I but do I, remember I, hearing that, but I remember hearing But if like, you watch Wizard of Oz, at the time, nice. <laughs> while you're listening to it, it's not the Wizard of Oz, it's the Three Stooges. Yes, yeah, if you. <laughs> If you watch Laurel and Hardy flying deuces while, <laughs> while you're you know, listening to dead, I Want You. That, that, that dead scene that they, they that back in way out west. Actually, if you listen to Dark Side of the Moon while you're listening to Abbey Road, <laughs> you realize that, that Pink Floyd stole a hell of a lot from uh, the synthesizer beginning of, um, what is it, Sun King? One of them, like, I sat there and I'm like, oh, look, Pink Floyd stole this whole thing. Well, yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. All right. So anyway, um, let's get to... But, uh, but I, I wish that, you know... Well, it's part of the outtakes, but just, I wish they actually right, had can... the actual version where it just goes to the end. Yeah. Because be uh, the version that fades out. Um, oh, right. yeah. You mean here, this one and how yeah, this yeah. take broke down. Yeah. How, how it actually ended. Because okay. it only goes. Minutes. It, no, it actually goes on. I think uh, Lewis and Rowe was like another 45 seconds. It was very close to the end. Interesting. Okay. But, you know, that was when John was learning, you know, silence is just as important as yes. noise. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, baby's heartbeat. You know, yeah. Stuff like that. National Anthem. So we're going to take a break right now, and we're going to come right back with the Abbey Road side du in one moment. Hi, folks. This is Tony from Fab Four Free For All. As Mitch has mentioned several times, the cast of Fab Four Free For All do not profit in any way doing these shows for all of you. In fact, we actually lose money because of studio time and other production expenses. Now, we have looked into show sponsors, but for a number of reasons, we've decided it would be in the best interest of all of us, including you, our listeners, not to have sponsored ads in our shows. So, what we've done is set up a Patreon account. Patreon is a crowdfunding platform that allows artists to obtain funding from patrons on a recurring basis. Now, it can be as little or as much as you think you can send to us, for the work that we put into providing quality Fab Four free-for-all shows. Now, we know that we have thousands of worldwide listeners, and if each of you just contributed a dollar a month, that's just 25 cents per episode, we would have enough to retire and not have to do these shows. <laughs> Sorry. Seriously, though, we've gotten some great feedback from everyone about how much these shows mean to you, and we feel the same way. But it would be nice if we could break even in terms of costs so that we can continue to bring these shows to you in a timely fashion. Yeah, I know, we can be delayed every once in a while, but that's because, as John Lennon so beautifully said, life is what happens to you while you're busy making other plans. But we do vow to make every effort to have a quality show to you every week. We only ask that everyone go and visit Patreon.com to at least check out what it's all about and to see if you can contribute a little something in return for all the hard work and effort that we put into these shows for you. Just do a search for Fab Four Free For All, and tell us that you give a buck about what we do. Thanks to all of you for being such great loyal listeners. And we're back, and we're talking about the Abbey Road album. If I say it like that, then it makes sense, the Abbey Road album. The Abbey Road album. Yeah, but... Uh, but Abbey Road Anniversary Edition, and we uh, look how long we've talked about side one, because you know we we don't talk long about anything ever, do nice. we? Uh, see our shows on can, can, can <laughs> on I, living in the material world. Can I just say something just very quickly about Abbey Road? Yes. Considering it was named after the studio that they worked in most of the, their time, it wasn't actually. It was called EMI Studios right, at the time. At the time, but they recorded a lot of these songs or parts of it 
in other at, studios. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> it wasn't like they were just at the EMI studio. Apple studios. And, and, yeah, they were Trident and, uh, and Olympic uh, and all this. And uh, Twickenham and everywhere. Well, maybe he called it The Abbey Road because The Abbey Road album, The Abbey Road studios, The Abbey Road crosswalk, The Abbey Road. So you just The absolute general, stupidity of what you're Abbey, saying. True, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but we've been talking a lot about side one so we're going to talk about side two and then we're going to have a separate show just for the session cds uh, even though there's like three songs on it so uh, it'll be a very short show it'll be like our version of her majesty okay. <laughs> <laughs> and we we will give you the last note and there are three versions i unbelievably anyway so let's talk about side two and the first song is here comes the sun i'm just going to say one word beautiful that's all for me I Not have an you know that. I have an expletive. It's just so unbelievably beautiful. And you didn't think you can make this song the, anymore beautiful because no. it sounds great on the, the original mix. There's a little it bit sounds of better here. foot tapping at the end of the opening yes. that you don't notice yep. on any other yep. version. The vocals. Uh, what can you... Paul's bass. I'm going to thank Barry Fish for pointing out, a friend of ours, the little bit of warble that was in the synthesizer. Yeah. Is not here. It's right. not is, and I, if I it is, it's it. not as noticeable no, it's not at as, all. It might be, but it's it just may not be as in there, prevalent. but it's not yeah. as prevalent. But but Barry called to say, "Did you?" And I had noticed it, but had not mentally right. noted right. it. It was like, "Oh, damn, you're right." Also, too, I feel like they sound like a band playing this song. Again. John's, but John's this, not here. I know John's not there, but it it the mix succeeds in making this sound like a yeah. band is in the room playing this beautiful song. The ending, it just sounds gorgeous. And, it's just, uh, Ringo's, love this mix. Ringo's drumming. Ringo's playing. In fact, it's funny, because on the outtake, yeah. the other day I was going through it again, because I knew we were going to do the show. I called two of my coworkers over, who are both musicians, and said, just listen to this, and this from the outtake. I said, listen to this like 30 seconds, and tell me you don't want to just physically kick the crap out of anyone who says that Ringo was the lucky beetle. <laughs> like, just put it. And, like, I had two coworkers sitting there going, oh, my God, play that bit again. I just played 30 seconds of Ringo's drum work yep. on yep. Here Comes the Sun. And you just went, "He's it's perfection. It's just gorgeous. It so, fit anyway. the song so well. Yep. I mean, and, and there could have been different fills. And on the sessions, he does different fills. Yes. Oh, yep. yeah. But for this released version it's, it's perfect, perfect. It, it's really yeah. good and also this song is almost like a sitar song done on guitar just by the time oh. signatures there's the, just the time signatures of the end it's, it has, oh, a, interesting. It has a very yeah, indian one two three four five one two yeah, three. yeah. there's a very indian feel to the time signatures because we actually play the song there's, there's there's a lot of weird like a three eight or something in there it's just wow a, and 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 you know, he sort of gave up the sitar by this point because Ravi Shanker said, well, which one do you want to play more? Yeah. You know, when, right. Which is a good point. I still see Eric Idle in my head going, a dump a dee dump a dee dump a dee dump a dee da 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 But you know what? In the book, he says, I, I hadn't been playing guitar for such a long yeah. time. Yeah. And then I went to Eric's house. And in the book, he explains, you know, we've all heard he's in, in the garden. But he said, I, I skipped out on a meeting that I should have been at yeah. with the Beatles. He yeah. said... And, and the thought of actually not being at this meeting with accountants and lawyers and businessmen made me so de-stressed. Yeah. So felt yeah. so good that he went to the garden. And he was supposed to go somewhere else, but he veered to Eric's house. Yeah. And he actually, you know, that... We should that, say Eric clapped another Yeah, guy. yeah, well... <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, but I mean, if, if you really... If you put it all together and then you have, you know, his 
stress levels down. Yeah. He goes to his buddy's garden instead of wherever he was going to go, and then this comes out. Well, and then wow. and then the and the original lyric actually, which was you know, you it know, comes clapped on. Well, no, yeah, no, it's, you know, yeah, f- both of you. I'll take a whole side on the next album. You know, da da da. You I'll know, have yeah. a triple album. Yeah, I'll you have won't. a triple album. You and won't. you'll have McCartney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you'll do McCartney. But this is such a great sounding song, and and I'm not sure if Giles listened to it. When I heard this mix, I was reminded of. The In My Life album that George Martin did. Yeah. He did yeah. it with John Williams. He did this song. And they used the same arrangements, basically. And I always thought that mix was a little bit better than the original. <laughs> and I'm wondering if Giles heard that mix. I'm sure he did because well, it's his father. And I think it, it, he maybe incorporated some of that idea sure. that George had had playing with John Williams, the acoustic uh, guitar player, not not the guy who did Star right. Wars. And I really enjoyed it. I thought it was it's a it's a very good mix, and and I still think even though it listed as John not being on backing vocals, it sounds like John is well, on backing vocals. Well, I got to tell you, though, I know he's not, but right. And we've seen pictures, and there's a great picture in the book of George like belting out, yep, whatever song. We don't know if it's Here Comes the Sun and Paul laughing, and it's it's a really Linda's pictures are amazing. But here's the other thing: the best part about this song. You know, they did the, a new video for it, right. nine minutes. So, um, anyway. Well, congratulations. That's <laughs> true. Mitch is in it. <laughs> Big deal. You, I, I that and $2, do they, you can't. Do they, well, we'll talk about that you, later. Anyway. You can see me. Can you? I yeah, well, I, it's in the in the montage. You can. I didn't even know that. I didn't even notice any of the montage. But anyway. Oh yeah, okay. that's where all the pictures are flying okay. into at the end. Oh okay. And the montage it. and I'm in there. But that and two dollars are bitch. not. Yes, that and two dollars are not getting me on the subway. So anyway. Well, it's two seventy five. Um, that's why. It, well, exactly. <laughs> so here comes the sun. Absolutely beautiful. That's. And one more thing about the song. And I was because yeah, sure. the lyrics are here from what George wrote down. Little darling, there's a song called Little Darling. Little darling. Yeah, yeah. And I'm wondering, I'm wondering if that had any influence on George Harrison in this song. I don't think so. Well, actually, wow, you just. Oh my God. Wow, that's interesting. Imagine. Yeah, imagine, little darling. Wow, interesting. Maybe, maybe not. I just, I just saw because you see, little darling or LD as he wrote. Well, the original, the original performance was, you know, here comes the sun, boop she wada wada. Here comes the <laughs> so sun. So far, we've taken a bunch of songs that said this is what they really were. <laughs> <laughs> to heck with you, Beatles. We'll yeah. make them. I want we... the real outtakes now. I want the real stuff. Wouldn't that child? be hot shit if, like, ten years from now, that comes out with little darling, shoo <laughs> It's Like, oh my god, they were right. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, my it's a, goodness it's like George could you restrain from doing a song called I'll have a number one call it like <laughs> here comes the song I'll have a number one before you yeah. do I'll have a number one before you do alright let's go to because uh-huh. why I don't know third base <laughs> next song <laughs> no because uh, okay. um it's, it's funny because in the book you do read, um, George says at one point in 69 to a, an interviewer, Paul usually writes the sweeter tunes and John writes the more rave up stuff or the freakier things. Right. He actually says that in the book. And then, you know, and he says one of the most beautiful tunes that I've, I, he said this is one of the most beautiful tunes and one of George's favorites on the album, if not his favorite. And Paul says, 
that Yoko was probably involved in the writing of it because yeah. the whole yeah. wind, sky, and earth stuff. Yeah. So yeah. that's kind of cool that they all acknowledge yeah. that. Uh, but oh, it yeah. is a beautiful yeah. thing. Now, again, whether, you know, John, we know the story. Yoko's playing Moonlight Sonata or whatever it is. And he said, play that backwards. And then John wrote because. So I'm not sure. I'm not I sure never, either. I never really. He might have, it's, he might have been heroing. There's too many connecting parts of that that don't <laughs> sound right. No, but but they lay. Uh, what I love about it is that they layered, you know, three different times the three part harmonies. Um, and George even said we hadn't done something like that since Yes It Is. Right and now. he even sings, you know, If You Wear Red Tonight in right. 1969. That's kind of cool to acknowledge the past. And also the three part harmony is just beautiful. And also the song is not called Atal... Here we a, go. A, a, <laughs> You're doing it again. Atalnos, Atalnum, which would have been Moonlight Sonata backwards, and that never comes up anywhere in the song. But anyway. Are you so done? I'm done. Thank anyway, you. I, I, Boy, are you done. I, I love this mix. The electric guitar is, is really beautifully crisp in the intro. Um, yeah. Gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. The voices are more blended. I think they're a little bit less, but again, they still remain distinct. They are distinct. Yeah. They're, uh, they're, 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 it's like he, he put them together, but spread them out at the same time. Perfect. That's exactly what it it, is. It's like he, I don't know if he did because we haven't heard him say it, but he put them together, but raised them. Yes. Like the, one of them was put a little higher. Well, there's more. It seems like it's depth. There are more. I was just going to say more depth. Yeah. There's more. Literally, I was going to say that. Well, there is a lot. Yeah. You know, look. Let's give them their props because, as a three-part harmony, they could do it. This boy, yeah, yeah. You well, know, they're a little they, scary. I would love to see. Oh yeah, this was recorded around when Woodstock and whatnot was going on. What for Crosby, Stills? I Nash? would love to see. I'm sure they had heard the first Crosby, Stills, Nash album by now, and were probably saying to themselves, you know, well, hell, three-part harmony blending. Yeah, I can think of a band that did that once. We did it. You know, and you gotta wonder whether it led to like. Oh yeah, they're pretty good. Watch this. Who knows? Well, the but, thing I, about this song is, is that John wrote it to have all this harmony. Oh yeah. So he's thinking yeah. of some of the higher points of the Beatles' career. And I've always said, and you've said it too, and you said it too, Mitch, that John liked doing harmony. Yes. You once brought oh, up yeah. a different show when his solo stuff didn't have the harmonies. Right. That well, he, he always wanted to get away right. from the Beatles. Yeah, but at so the same time, he tried hard he to seemed, do that. He always seemed to like the harmonies. Yeah, but he, then he again, even gave like songs you, on songs he liked harmonies for, like, if, like if "Hello you, Goodbye." If you, well, for example. yeah, but I mean, if you listen to "One Day at a Time," I was just about to say that if you take the Mind Games album, it's one of the reasons why for me, I was trying to think a couple of weeks ago why Mind Games resonates so strongly with me, as opposed to a lot of the other Har- uh, Lennon records. And it's partly because there's a lot of returns to harmonies on that record. Right. Um, Very true. You know, uh, you know, today I love you more than right, yesterday. Right. Okay. You know, there's there's a lot of returns to him doing harmonies on there. Right. And that's something that I love. Well, he that's you true. Know. And also the, the remix of that was fantastic. Yeah, it was wonderful. Anyway. So, so. All right. So let's uh, get we, sh- to... we should say George Martin was on harpsichord. Yes. On the cause, which was nice to hear because he did it really well. Yeah, he well, he was... A- yeah, well, he apparently, did well with his organ. Right, and Ted Cassidy was unavailable. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> Sorry. He was, he was, okay. He was playing with the wow. monkeys. Wow. He was playing with the monkeys, right? 
He was Wait, playing with Thing. With Thing. He was playing with his with Thing. His thing. <laughs> he was in an episode of the monkey, so. He was. For the, I'm sorry, for you non, I don't know if it's non-US <laughs> listeners. No, Adam's Ted family Cass- went everywhere. Yeah, but Ted Cassidy played Lurch in the Adam's family, and of course <laughs> Who played, played the harpsichord. harpsichord. <sighs> yes. yes. Renowned harpsichord player. Oh my yeah. goodness, we just went on sorry. such a. Anyway. Anyway, you never give me your money. Right. The only thing I can think of this is that the bass is up and there's little guitar licks which are more evident. Other than that, I didn't think this was such a different mix. I, I don't have anything else to say. I just said the little guitar bits during the break before the go. big guitar solo are kind of buried. Oh, um, okay. I think the sound is a little more holistic than the original. I think it's an overall but is, sound that's nice. Okay. I think uh, uh, when it when it kicks in, when, it, when the song picks up to for like the any any da, 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 yeah, da. yeah 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 when that it sounds freaking amazing yes but it always sounds freaking amazing right right that's my point i don't there are a couple of things in a row here a lot of the next few songs i don't think there's much difference Difference. very well there's subtle. a little difference at the end with the guitar solo it's it's mixed i think lower than yeah. maybe the rest of the yes. other solos but i didn't song. think it was anything major no, no, but I, I, the the two songs I noticed the, the the change of like just the actual what's on the track was come together and the song. So, so let's move on to uh, the gin. What was it? What they call it? The Nick, no, the Nick Nuz on uh, on, on the love. love. They did the backwards Sun King. Oh right! Wow. Well, you were talking about backwards before, yeah. so I was waiting for this one. Yeah, the Nick Nuts. The Nick Nuz. Yeah, your Sun King. This is the dark side of the moon influence. Yes. Beginning of this. I was laughing. I was like, the lunatic is in the grass. When you hear the beginning of Sun King, yeah. you're like, oh, yeah. Anyway. It's sorry. so beautiful. And you, this is so, if you thought of a, a non-Beatles song that the Beatles did, this is so non-Beatles, really, if you mm. think. I mean, other than the three-part harmony again. Mm. But it's such a different song. And, and again, sorry, I have to read the book because... Uh, John said that Paul just brought in a few Spanish words that he happened to remember, and which which is it. which is a lie. I, well, I mean, but John said know, it, so I'm going to say. Yeah, I mean, John, maybe some of it, but right, he distinctly says Ken can eat it, like you know, can can eat it, like it's it's. There's no Spanish there. That's, I, always I have to be honest. That, I didn't think we were going to bring Ken into this. Nice. I, I always <laughs> thought the, the the phrase Ciccolini was something to do with yeah, the Marx Ciccolini. Ciccolini. <laughs> it's like it's like a various name for It's like wait. Well, well some you know, of it is really Spanish. Oh, but, it really you know, is. Yeah, yes, yeah. it definitely is. But, but it's it's you know it's like fill words that they decide to keep. It's, but again, back like to it. not to be funny. But and this just came to me just now. Not to be funny. Uh, Crosby Stills Nash first album. The end of of yeah, you right. know I mean right sweet sounds like Los Lobos doing La Bamba. Yeah, but you know. Questo abrigado, me and my come on. Tanta mucho, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I want to put that in Google Translate and see exactly what it comes up. <laughs> It'll say, there. come on, really? <laughs> really? Nonsense. So anybody have anything other than it's it sounds I, I nice. Liked, I like the fact that the you know, they they know side two is gonna be this medley thing, this long thing, whatever. The long one. That they recorded Sun King and Mean Mr. Mustard as one piece, knowing yes. that... That's fascinating. Yeah, th- th- this is... Yeah, because that's it's so different. Fascinating. This is the, so different. Gorgeous, so different, delicate it, Sun King into Mean Mr. Mustard. And, but, but they also knew that, okay, this, this, we're going to do 
three different versions, three songs, and two songs are in each version or each song. Yeah. So it's it's interesting how they had to know in advance how this was going to play together. Right. Because they didn't just record. I always thought growing up, when I first heard, oh, this is a medley, they put it all together. That this was a snippet. I thought this was right. all snippets put together. And it's not, it's much better thought out than yeah than i ever oh, knew yeah. it until well we, we should started. also talk about me and mr mustard then into it because right. you know they counted as one track the, yeah. the yes. two. well not on the cd but right 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 don't get me started there nice no, split no. on the harmonies there on on me and mr mustard the mean old man yeah, his and, assistant and this is actually a true story john read this in the paper about a guy who treated his, you know, his family like this. So it's weird. He didn't shove stuff up his nose. And stuff right, like. right. And Gift. his sister's name was probably really Shirley. Well, he, right. Which and was changed for the Palatine Pam. Right. right. Exactly. Because he wanted to be, you know, have it continued. Because yeah. in the lyrics, it is Shirley. Yeah. And he sings Shirley. Uh, Shirley, you're kidding. In the, yeah, yeah. In, the, in all right. the demos, yeah. As far as any differences, I think the bass is up a little, but the harmonies pop, like you said. But other than that, I don't really hear anything. That dramatic? No, not on the not on this one. Well, no. even on Polythene Pam, I I don't. Oh, and that's next. Um, John said this is my attempt at not fade away. And if you really think about not fade away and Polythene Pam, think about the way it it you know, doom, 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 you know, and then you know, you know Polythene Pam. Doom, doom, doom. Uh, this is yeah. more of a very like a, a D A E type of song. Yeah. But they did it with such gusto and right. twelve strings and. I think I, it works better. But on Polythene Pam, nothing really popped to me other than it sounds good, but it was yeah. there's nothing really major here. I wrote same kind of thing, mix a little more blended, but yep. everything is still noticeable. Yeah. So there's a little sweeping guitar piece after the jackboots and kills. And yeah. it's buried, but somehow it's still distinctly there. Yeah. It's, it's just an interesting yeah. Yeah, sonic development. It wasn't much like, I, I sonically think, different. I think on the medley, it's not like... We're noticing as much on the medley the way we did on Sidewalk. But I thought she came in through the bathroom window. Well, I'll jump because I think I yeah, guess we, we're done. We, but, yeah, this. but I feel like Ringo's drums are muted. I feel like the whole mix on She Came In Through the Bathroom Window is closeted, you'd call it. Like uh, they use that term for an old Neil Young album and for a Velvet Underground record. It's closeted. Paul's voice is really, really nice and really strong on it. I think but the acoustic guitars aren't more ringing. Prevalent. Yeah. The acoustic guitars aren't ringing enough, and I think Ringo's drums are, are slightly muted. I just... Yeah, I agree. I don't find there's enough... I mean, t to me, she came in through the bathroom window should be your balls. You you came in with Polythene Pam, which you got the ripping guitars. She came in through the bathroom window rhythmically. The rhythm section should be just carrying that song. Because this is the longest and song of the medley. Out. Right. Yeah, well, this it's is a, a It could have been a full really. song, right? Yeah. And this, you, you come out and you go into Golden Slumbers. And so this song should have come out heavy. Heavy. Like you're going, yeah. oh, like like after sex, yeah, a so cigarette. Yeah, it's to me. I, I, right. You know, you should have. Yeah, you should have been but like, it's not. It doesn't. Yeah, right. Yeah. I didn't notice the big difference that you guys noticed. I did notice the vocals were better or cleaner, but I wasn't drawn by it as much as you guys were. I, I, I actually thought the guitar solo was a little bit. I'm actually going to do an electronic using audio editing software to, to edit the long one right. on the outtakes with the end of the original 2009 and make like my little Frankensteinian medley <laughs> because on the long one, that early rough mix, you know, everything is, is there. I mean, I'd assume that on the, and we'll get to the outtakes next episode, but 
And I'll talk about it then. But anyway, yeah, just, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Right, so, so next. Next is uh, Golden Slumbers Carry That Weight, which is recorded together. Right. Again, uh, again another two songs recorded. Yeah. They they knew it in and, and soft to hard, you know, yeah. meaning yep. you know, yeah. softer vocal. Golden yeah. Slumbers, I'm sorry, is always, it's one of my favorites. Yeah, it's just, pretty It's song. a beautiful vocal. Yeah. The orchestra is definitely up in the mix here. Again, See, I wrote I wrote horns and strings not pronounced enough. Oh, I wrote. Oh, no, I, no, I, think no, they I, are. I agree with Mitch. And matter of fact, the outtake of the strings is maybe my favorite thing of the whole thing. Yes, but I'm album. saying no, no. But I'm saying on the mix, no, on I the remix, I, I don't feel I, the horns and strings are up I enough. Oh, no, I, I, I was like, uh, wow. And, okay, and again, was, no John on yeah, this John at all. This. Right. And George is on bass again. Yeah. Again, and it all sounds great. I mean, I just I. What a great! I mean, even yeah. carry that weight is really. Powerful. And they let Ringo have the lead vocal, really, on it. On, on as a well, yeah. they said it was yeah. supposed to be like a act naturally, right? With for Ringo, and then they yeah. decided not to make a full song of it, but let Ringo have. But a he's high vocal on prevalence, the, yes. Uh, yeah. And the mix, the other two are under him, and but Ringo's yes. basically a lead singer on it. It's, it's yes. very cool. I, yeah. I, and it was, well, I thought it was wise to have Ringo sing it. Really, yes. You know? It is. It's uh, but and then we get to the end, and you hear Ringo in the oh, time, like a long time, like the word time yeah. is very Ringo, which is interesting. The, you know, anyway. th this would have been a nice song to add to an All Star tour. You know, carry that weight in, into Golden. who's doing Golden Slums? That's the problem. That's but, yeah. but nobody, nobody. I mean, yeah. really, if you think about this, who the hell? I mean, I know in Phil Collins cover it. Yes, he did. Uh, I didn't think it was that great. Who did it on? Uh, I don't say this to be funny. Who did it on all this in World War Two? I don't remember. I don't remember. Somebody uh, did it on all this in World War Two. Yeah, I think it was, was it a female Ambrosia vocal. Might know. Am Ambrosia did that killer uh, magical mystery too. Right. Oof. But I, I will Oof. say this: I don't think anybody could cover this and really sound like Paul did. Then he was just freaking amazing. Well, Paul does cover it. I know. <laughs> no, but I'm and he doesn't even sound no, like himself. No, no. No, but uh, I mean that vocal is just. Unbelievable. Yeah. Oh, always yeah. was, always will be. So let's get to the end. <laughs> Not mine, but the end. The drums sound amazing. Paul's bass during the Love You segment is punching you right in the nose. I love it. Now, I know Absolutely we talked it. and you didn't like this, but nope. I I like it. And folks, if you're if you're not reading the book and you, and you didn't buy the Super Deluxe, you didn't get the book, it's very easy now to tell who's doing what parts. Yes, yeah. because they say in the book, Giles put Paul on the left, George on the right, John in the middle. Right. So whatever you hear, and you hear them in that order, right? Paul, George, and John. It's very easy now to say, okay, that's who's doing these. It is. I like. I, I, I like fully it. appreciate it. And again, none of what I'm putting out is negative. I'm, it's not a put down of, but. I like Giles very much, I, but had Giles and I been in the studio working on this together, I would have been just like, oh, dude, like for certain things. Partly because we're fans, we know this music upside down, inside out, and sideways, and we all have right. opinions, And but we're not the one at the mixing board. Do I think in overall he's given a really good mix to an album? I think he has. But the idea is for me, the guitars at the end of the end are a conversation it's a crosstalk and they're not they're not loud enough i know that you can now hear them distinctly but john's is the loudest voice in the room the that, angry voice but at that's the end because it's rhythm chords it yes 
but rhythm but it's chords, also, if you play on a, on an electric guitar, it's going to sound louder than playing notes. But if you think about how emotionally dynamics affect us, all right, and I'm just kind of pushing this as I go because it's coming to me as I'm going, but you come out of that duel, that battle. Yeah. Now, I say this. Now, I say this. John nastier than everybody else says this and then i say this and i say this and then john says this and then you come out of that but I think and then what happens you go to the this resolve of and in the end the love you take is equal to the love you make in other words we've done this we've done this we've done this he yells i say this i say this but we've all let it go and this is what's being said and this is the final statement so in a way that whole guitar duel is meant to be a conversation in my it, oh, I agree. But, so but it's got to be loud. It's got to be up front. But one thing why it works the way it works, because there's only two bars for each person. Yes. Which is very tough. Equal time. If, imagine you said two bars only, and you have to right. fill it. And then yeah, each, you said that then, to Neil Young and Stephen Stills. Yeah. <laughs> you can't do it. But, right. But and each one plays distinctively also. George is doing his... Little fills, which he was doing all through the yes. the album, and Paul is doing what he does, which is always was always different than George. Yes. Yeah, and John is just hey, I'm, the, chords, I'm the I'm the rhythm guitarist. Yeah. he's not playing notes; he's playing chords. Yes, yeah. So it's interesting that no one else did the chords except for John. Absolutely, but I just and you're right; it is a conversation. It's a conversation between the three of them, and then Ringo's banging away on the drums. Right, you know, he had a solo, and then he's. Filling in, and then well, Ringo had his statement, and then now they're all commenting. Yeah, <laughs> no, 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 that really sucked. No, it didn't. Really, and, and then they're saying "love you" underneath it. Yes, and you know, well, see, that's interesting too. I didn't even think of that. That's right. Yeah. Underneath all of that it's infighting, love it's "love you, love you, love yeah. you, love, love you, your brother," and "love, love your right. brother," and then and then at the end, the love you take is equal. So, but I just feel like yes, you can now hear everything and know where it all is, but. You know what? When we, when we, you know, in New York, we yell over each other. So maybe in the original Abbey Road 2009, when they're still yelling over each other, to me, that still sounds yeah. more. You know, the the distinctness maybe in a way takes a little bit away from the the I, conversation. I don't. Know. I, I, but anyway, I, that didn't bother me as much. I know where you're coming from though with it. I think part of it is just that whole ending where they decided that each one of them was going to do lead guitar. Which, why didn't Paul play a bass solo? Something like that. You know, that, that's, that's interesting. I never thought or, that. or a piano solo. Something yeah. like that. It's, yeah, just it's, something it's a nice about. way to end everything. Yeah. Because yeah. it, it is a band album. Even though John wasn't there for some of it, it is a band album. So. Yeah, absolutely. And then Her Majesty, the only thing I think we could say is, is they're panning the vocal from side yeah, to side. Did. did they? Yeah. I didn't notice yeah, it as Majesty much. Her Majesty always panned. See, I didn't notice it as much yeah. until now. I, I, and maybe yeah. that's just me, but... It, there's it, not much to say about it, so it's still seven. Well, it doesn't have a lot to say. It still has 17 seconds of silence in between. Yep, yeah. It's not like they made it 20 or right. 14 or whatever. Right, right. And now you understand why it's there. You know? All right, yeah. so let's. Uh, I mean, we're not going to rate the album. No, there's no way. We'll just talk real quickly about what we thought in general about the remix. I enjoy it. Is it going to be my go-to? Probably, because you know what? All of these have been my go-to because I like them. I'm not going to pick and choose. The only thing I will say about this is that because it's housed in the book, I don't like ever having my CDs 
out of the I agree. Yeah, I have the burned book. copies of right. backup copies yes. of all because the Because I don't like having it out because yeah. then like a year from now I'll be like, oh, where's my... Yeah. You know, and, oh, it's and in the book. It's, it's not in the, in the book. paper it's, sleeves and, you yeah. know, my bed. And yeah, so the, I, I don't love that, but I'm not going to kill them for that. Actually... And you can burn it and do whatever you want with it. So. My go-to will probably be either one. Like, if I was traveling and if I grabbed the, the 2009 edition, I won't be yeah. do they sound disappointed both, both, or, right. because I think it's much closer to... Right, this my pepper is always going to be the new pepper. The three of so, so far my released. pepper will always be the new pepper. The new yeah, pepper. Definitely, definitely. And then That's White Album will probably be the original. Right. Some of it, but well, I'm not going to go back. Well, it could be the Isha tapes, too. Yeah, uh, it'll be the... Right, I love the Isha. Yeah, I, okay. I do, too. I do. That's... All right, so, so, but okay. to me, out of the three remixes so far, this is the closest to, you know, the original. So, and we did talk about some of the differences. So... My go-to on this is either one on, yeah. on, on either one, but I know right. what you're saying. About I, I will be creating the Frankenstein. Okay, and that's <laughs> Honestly, fine. I mean, I'll, I'll definitely be pulling three or four off this, and my go-to to listen to the album on the whole is always going to be the 2009. But okay. I'll pull three or four things off you, this because it'll be the Tony you know, mix. <laughs> yeah, it'll be the Tony mix. The anyway, 2020 all right. Tony so mix. I think uh, we've reviewed this pretty well. I mean, nice effort. No well, I'm glad they did it. I mean. I'm very happy that they did for everything, and I look forward to let it be. And, yeah. And the rest Well, of that's going to be interesting, too. Yeah. Oh, I think so. Wow. So, for the Fab Four Free For All. <laughs> the I, Fab the, Four Free For All. Uh, I, screw you, Paul. It's still Abbey Road. <laughs> yeah. No, it's the Abbey Road. <laughs> well, now it is. And now it's the Fab Four Free For All. I win! Yay! <laughs> what does he, he win? I don't know. What contest in hell was I part of that I he won? I win a prize on a what, If show. that's the prize, what contest in hell yeah. did we enter? <laughs> anyway, this has been the Mitch Axelrod, your moderator, and joining me has been...